Hey everyone, and you're listening to Ankur Variku on Voice with Variku. On this podcast, I talk to you about entrepreneurship, how to grow in life, manage personal finances, handle failures, and a lot more things that just come to my mind. The episode begins. All right, the topic of this podcast is 10 times I almost gave up hope. And this is a podcast on hope in today's tough times. I think hope is something that people need. And through the eyes of someone else's life, if they can gather hope for their own, that's one of the best gifts that I can give someone. So when people see me, hear my content, watch my videos, read up my story, they basically just see success all across. They see this person who is apparently very rich, very famous, doing so well, is widely known, perhaps even respected. And it's very easy for us to fall into the trap of assuming that life has been all hunky-dory and has gone exactly as for plan. But in this episode of Voice with Variku, I wanted to share with you 10 times that I almost gave up on hope. And the intent of doing this is during these tough times when it's very easy for us to give up on hope and imagine that it's the worst that's happening. If in some small way, through my life story, I can extend hope to you, I will consider myself blessed, privileged, and lucky. This is class sixth. Dad had uh, just lost his job. We were under severe debt, desperate for money. And to their credit, they, they never, despite all the hardships that we went through while growing up, ever subjected our education to a neglect. He always just ensured that we had money and my mom always ensured that we had money, somehow or the other. And um, I remember this one time, he started just, just to earn any amount of money, started working at a corporate gifts business. And that night, this night that I distinctly remember, we had to fill up ball pens with refills. And we were to be paid for every 100 pens that we filled up. And I remember walking into our drawing room where all these pens were, and the room was just full of pens. And the minute I saw that, I just lost all hope. And I was like, how will we ever fill them up? And I was in class six, I didn't know any better. And I remember dad saying, well, there are three of us, referring to my mom, me, and him. And we can fill three pens each every minute. So there'll be nine pens every minute. And that means in a night, we can actually do 3,000 pens. And the minute I heard that, I was like, wow, 3,000 pens in a night. And I remember filling pens the whole night that night. He gave me hope. And we made it. Class 12th. The IIT results had just come out and I hadn't made it to the list. I was devastated. The years of hard work, commitment, sacrifices, all just felt like it amounted to nothing. I failed everybody. I had failed myself. I saw my parents cry. And mom 
she saw me crying, she wiped my tears and she's like, why did you want to go to IIT? And I was like, because I wanted to go to the US for my PhD. And then she said, but is it that only IITians go to the US for a PhD? And it's like, maybe not. I think so. Then she said, well, then you will be one of those who will go to the US for a PhD, but are not from an IIT. And she gave me hope. We made it. 23 years of age, I'm a PhD student in the US, doing really well, but I'm not enjoying it. I wanted to drop out of it, come back to India. And everyone in my world was against me. Because who does that? Who drops out of a PhD program on 100% scholarship, that too in the US? And I remember sending an email to a college batchmate. He had done an MBA after physics, and I asked him if I should drop out. And he said, there is no way for you to know whether this is the right decision or not for you. But do you want to live life asking what if you had taken that decision? He gave me hope. And we made it. Age 24. I dropped out of my PhD, come back to India. No goals, no direction, no plan, no money. I had a master's degree in physics, which basically made me unemployable in the country. And survival was key. I just needed a job somehow. I needed money for the family. And I sat for an interview, and I remember the interviewer saying, we, we aren't really sure about you, but I think we can try you out. How much salary are you expecting? And in my mind, I was like, man, Anything that pays me 10000 a month would be like awesome. And I was like, I have no idea. I, I have no idea of how much I'm expecting because this will be my first job. How much can you pay? And he was like, we'll pay you 15000 a month. Does that work? That job gave me hope. We made it. Age 29, I've recently exited from my First startup, things didn't go down so well with my founder, so just figured that the best way will be for us to move on. And I'm figuring out what to do. I, I applied to several companies. I applied to Google. I applied to Facebook. I get rejected. I think of starting up on my own, try and raise money. I get rejected by investors. And it's been three months. I haven't had any income. I had no idea of what to do. And I remember opening up my ISB alumni email, and there was an email with a subject line, European internet company is looking for Indian MDs or managing directors. The company runs a mega fashion e-commerce company in Europe and they're looking to enter India. And I applied. That ISB network gave me hope. And we made it. Age 32, I suddenly experienced pain in my right hip. It started two weeks back and now has intensified. It's unbearable. I can't even walk properly. And the doctor recommends a hip MRI. And what I find out is that I have something called avascular necrosis. Basically, my hip bone is dying. And I distinctly remember that day when the doctor wrote on the prescription, stop walking, use crutches. 
And that was devastating for someone like me because someone's telling me to stop walking. The next day he brings me to his clinic. He suggests a surgery. He says it's a standard surgery. There's a small piece of bone that will be taken from my calf bone. It'll be crushed into powder. Two holes will be drilled in my hip and then the powder will be inserted in those holes. And over a period of one to two years, it will heal itself and the pain will go. And he said that there's an 80% chance that this will work. He gave me hope. We made it. 2015, Groupon had its own shares of problem in the US and Europe. They were focused on that intently and understandably so. So their ability to focus on a market like India was limited. And I, on the other hand, we were witnessing the market every day. We saw it full of opportunity. We wanted to run our own way. We wanted to make Groupon independent. So we proposed a management buyout. We proposed that we actually buy the Groupon India business from Groupon. And it had been nine months of back and forth trying to convince them, trying to make it work. And the progress was slow. The competition in the market was heating up. And I remember Mohit Patnagar from Sequoia he proposed that we go to the US, we sit face to face, and we close the deal. And he gave me hope. We made it. 2017, as the nearby CEO, I had made some terrible decisions, and we were paying the price of my inadequacies. We were running out of money. We tried to raise, but we were rejected by everyone. We eventually got one term sheet and finally there was a ray of hope, but that term sheet was also withdrawn. And I had to make a presentation to the board. A survival plan. And that survival plan meant that nearby would be reduced to 19 people from about 200 people that were there at that point of time. Sales will crash. Everything will just kind of plummet, but we won't die. And then I made a call to a founder. And he said, okay, what you're saying sounds interesting. Let's talk. And he gave me hope. We made it. During the same time, we were clearly going through a tough time and the founders had taken a salary cut. It had been almost a year doing so. My expenses were far more than the inflow that was coming in. Our savings had wiped out. Credit cards had maxed out. We'd taken loan from friends. And it was with our, our son's birthday, his sixth birthday. And he really, for the longest time, had wanted a cycle. And we didn't even have money for a cycle. And it felt the lowest ever. I'd let down my, my company, my investors, my colleagues, and now I was letting down my own family. And Ruchi came up to me. She said, well, he so wants a cycle, what will we do keeping this? And she extended her hand and in her hand was her gold bangles. She gave me hope. And we made it. 2020, I stepped down as the CEO of Nearby. But it's not that I had any money. Everything was wealth on paper. It was attached to the equity of Nearby. So I had to find an income source. And I started to give talks at corporates, charging for my time. 
And then bam, COVID struck. Lockdown was announced. And there would be no more talks. And I actually had just four months of money in the bank. Four months to pay for the EMI and our daily sustenance. And I was speaking to a friend and she was like, well, you go to companies to give these talks. Why don't you give the same talk to people directly? Maybe some of them will pay. And she gave me hope. We made it. I know that things are tough right now. There's collective despair, anger, sadness, anxiety. And at a scale that most of us have never visited, never witnessed before. But each one of us still has a story. A story around hope. Hope that someone offers. Hope that we see in others. Hope that we see in the world. Hope that we see in ourselves. Hope that pulls us up when we are down. Hope that gives us strength. Hope that lifts someone else up through us. I have had hope save me multiple times in life. It still continues to save me so many times. And as long as I know I have hope, I have a reason. So during these tough times, just don't give up on hope. Spread hope. We all need it. I pray for your well-being and safety and that of your loved ones. You will get past this. The human spirit will get past this. We're collectively bigger than a pandemic, any government, any system, and any opinion. I remember the most famous dialogue of this wonderful movie called Shawshank Redemption, which says, remember red, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. Thank you for listening to this episode of Voice with Variku. To be notified of upcoming episodes, be sure to subscribe and follow the show on this app right now. Also, don't forget to rate and review the show because that just feels nice. Thank you.